Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast, your trusted resource for breast health information, support, and encouragement. Your host today is Dr. Ashley Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care. Welcome. Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast. I am Dr. Ashley Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care, and I'm very excited to announce our guest today is Erin Simonetti. She is a registered art therapist with the Carmanos Cancer Institute in McLaren Flint in Michigan. Erin facilitates weekly art therapy programs for families touched by cancer, including those that are survivors, as well as caregivers within the greater Flint community. Lots of patients that are not even treated within the Carmano Center. Erin is very dedicated to helping families cope through their cancer journey by providing a creative and therapeutic outlet for self-expression and emotional healing. We are so happy to have her here with us today to share more about what art therapy is and how it can help some of the side effects with a cancer diagnosis. Erin, thank you so much for joining me. Ashley, thank you so much for having me as well. I really appreciate being here. Well, I think one of the first things is how did you get into this? How did you get involved in art therapy and how did you find that it would be very beneficial for our cancer patients? So ironically, um, this all began with my own personal story uh, when I was a child. My mother actually had battled breast cancer and unfortunately she had passed away when she was 38 and I was 10 years old. And um, as you can imagine, I was very close with her. And so this was a tremendous loss for me. And I really actually used art as my own form of expression to process that grief that I had gone through. And this is long before I ever even knew what art therapy was. I just wanted to be creative and I needed to externalize. And that was at the time kind of the only way I knew how. And so for many years, I kind of used it as my own tool. And it wasn't until actually I was in undergraduate school that I had even heard about art therapy. And so when I had found out that, you know, a combination of psychology and art, I was really drawn to it. And um, so really, that's kind of where the passion began. And then in terms of Carmanos, you know, I really wanted to be able to give the opportunity to be able to help other people in the way that art had helped me in my own journey, um, but also be able to provide an outlet for those that are touched by cancer, not only for uh, the survivors, but also for their family members. So their children, their spouses, their friends and family. Well, I'm really sorry to hear about your mom, but it is extremely not uncommon for us to see where someone's personal history really shapes their future, especially on a career path. And I think it's amazing that you're able to take that uh, losing your mom at a very young age and kind of shape this into something that is super important within the Carmanos Institution right now. And when we talk about art therapy, give us an example of what you do with the patients when they come in for art therapy. So what you can expect is Really, my whole goal is to create a safe space where people can process in a non-judgmental environment. So not only do I provide individual art therapy sessions, but also group art therapy sessions. And so um, typically in a group art therapy session, what you can expect is um, there's many different people in the group that come from different cancer experiences. Um, Some have been diagnosed and uh, again, some are touched because they're a family member or a friend. And so really, I come to the table with a thought or an idea or a theme, and we use different art materials to help process uh, what you know that theme might be entailed or how they perceive it. And really, the whole purpose is to externalize their emotions onto paper so that they can help process and really kind of provide a new perspective. So art therapy also provides 
you know, a, a way to express what you're feeling or what you're going through in a nonverbal form. It's very common that those that are going through a difficult experience can't ever find the right words to describe what they're going through. And I often hear people say, you know, I I don't know how to tell my, my friends and family, they just don't get it. And, you know, so really this is providing a space with like-minded people that one, not only are sharing a common journey or uh, some similarities, but also a way to support one another and to process that together. Well, and it's so true that everybody's emotions kind of train throughout the process. Um, I know myself and my partners will see patients at the beginning of a diagnosis and be with them throughout their treatment journey, including up to several years after their surgery. And those emotions definitely change. And we can see that in them where they're one person when they present for a cancer consult, and then a vastly different person at like their post-operative visit or their one-year follow-up. And it would be interesting to see from my perspective how their art changes at each of those different parts of their journey. Absolutely. And it's actually interesting too, that it's very common that I have people um, that some start in the middle of their, their journey of treatment, but some come after their treatment. And it's interesting how some of the psychological effects of, you know, a cancer diagnosis and the, the different stages of that as well. So, you know, even at the end of treatment, many people find some relief, but they also find anxiety because now they're leaving um, this, this team that they're used to seeing on a regular basis. And so each step of the journey kind of brings up different things that I can help them process. Well, and I think it's been really visible to us throughout COVID how much interaction with other individuals, um, how important that is, right? And when everybody was isolated and couldn't be together, that anxiety, that emotional stress and toll was just exemplified. And being able to have these um, patients be together and do something kind of fun and exciting and different, I'm sure helps with from an emotional perspective, but also um, brings them all together with people that are going through something similar. Absolutely. This has been so crucial, um, especially during the pandemic. Um, you know, a lot of things that people were going through has only exacerbated and then, you know, add isolation to that. And that can be very, very difficult. And so uh, we've been able to move from an in-person platform to a virtual online platform so that way we can still provide individual sessions and group. And the neat thing is, too, is that, um, you know, art has innately a more mindfulness based approach to it. So there innately is a relaxation component to it as well. And that's also been, you know, an area that we've been focusing on since the pandemic, particularly because of all the added, you know, stress that's been going on. So how exactly does a patient get involved with art therapy? Obviously, I work with Carmanos and through the program, but how would a patient um, learn about the program? One of the wonderful things about this program is not only is it free to our participants, but it's for anyone touched by cancer in the community. You do not have to be a Carmanos patient just to participate. So uh, one, I'm really grateful for that because I really think there is a, a great need. But also um, one of the ways that you can learn about the program um, is either you can reach out to me or you can go to our website. The website is carmanos.org slash Flint Art Therapy. And on there has different information about the programs that we offer as well as my contact information. And really what I do is when someone contacts me, I'll, I'll see how they're doing and what they're going through, maybe what they're looking for from the program. And then we establish what programs might be good for them and, and how to get started. 
I know that a lot of my patients, they're always kind of looking for something to keep their mind busy. And a lot of them, they do sewing groups and they have church groups and things of that nature. And it all falls kind of into a similar bowl, if you if you will, where it kind of keeps their mind busy and occupied to not think about their treatment or what they've been through. And, um, you know, when I think of art therapy, I think of painting with a twist with a wine glass in my hand. Um, So not quite the same thing, but still offers, you know, I think when I have done that in the past, you know, you instantly are relaxed, you're around friends, you're with family, um, you kind of can unwind and forget what you're going through. And whether it be stressors of life or of a diagnosis, and even from my perspective, I could see the benefits in that. Yeah, absolutely. So are there any myths or kind of biases associated with art therapy that you ever hear from patients if they give you pushback? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, it's actually rare when I run into someone and they know what art therapy is. So that's usually the starting point. Uh, So some of the common myths that I, you know, often hear or or face with is one is that a lot of people think that they have to be good at making art or talented in order to participate. And that's actually the opposite. Um, The whole purpose is to be able to, you know, process what you're going through and it does not have to look pretty. So we just want you to externalize everything and to experiment and play and, and so on. So that way you can learn more about yourself. And, you know, 95% of the people that come to this program usually have zero art experience coming in. And it's really more about the process of making art than it is the product that comes out. So another thing, too, is that a lot of people think that art therapy is like an art class. And although there are some similarities, um, really the the difference is, is that we are using, you know, psychotherapeutic techniques in each session to integrate. So that way there is a therapeutic benefit as well. So it's not just the art making and using materials, but I, I am very intentional of what we're exploring and how to process that together. And then lastly, one of the... Um, other common things is that uh, people think like uh, kind of like you were saying with painting with a twist that um, yes, it is like an art class in terms of like, I will teach you how to use materials. I don't want you to come in and feel overwhelmed. That's not, you know, the purpose, but really just so you can learn how to use materials. So that way, when we do do different exercises, you have the tools to be able to create whatever you want. And really that diversity of everyone putting onto paper their own thoughts and expression is what makes it so unique and special. Well, and I'm sure it's pretty awesome to see how everybody's interpretation of the project or the art um, comes out differently, right? Especially depending on what they're feeling or what they're going through and um, being able to see how each person interprets what you're teaching. Absolutely. We have a wonderful opportunity that we have a collaboration with the Flint Institute of Arts. And this is just an example of something is, um, you know, once a month we uh, collaborate with one of their docents and they'll show us a piece of artwork. And the first thing that we do is we just all respond at what we see, our own interpretation. And even that alone, we see so many different things. And really that's all based upon what we bring to the table, our background. And then afterwards, Uh, Based upon the discussion that we've had, we use art to kind of reflect on the experience. And I really think that that's a beautiful thing because not only are you learning about yourself, but you're learning about others. And that also provides perspective. You know, I'm 
work and live within the community and I didn't even realize the extent of this. And so I think Flint is so fortunate and blessed to have not only you, but also the resources with the Flint Institute of Arts and everything you're explaining is just something that's not offered everywhere. And especially with COVID and the pandemic and things being kind of taken away from us, um, these are things that are really vital to patients that we have to continue to invest in. Mm -hmm. And um, have you noticed as well patients coming back with family members saying that they've seen a change in them through the art therapy? Yes. And, and even, um, even just self-reflection, I've heard a lot of patients uh, reflecting upon each other and saying, wow, you've grown. I remember when you first came here, like you would have never felt comfortable sharing that, or you would have never set that boundary or whatever it may be. And so it's really interesting, not only for people to see it in themselves, but to share with others. And the neat thing about art is that you know, we're creating in our groove and we're expressing and so on. But then that artwork goes home with you and you can hang it up on your wall or you can set it up on your counter. And that dialogue continues when you get home. So even what you might share in the group and what you might process then, it might continue on at home and you might learn even more because that message is still there. And, uh, you know, you still have the opportunity to process it. It's really just a, a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And, you know, listening to you talk, it reminds me I have a five-year-old. And so she brings her artwork home and we see her kind of grow throughout the process and how she changes and how she matures and how she understands different things at each step as she's getting older. But the same could be said throughout their treatment and their diagnosis, like we said earlier, really for them to be able to see that at home and kind of go back to a picture at maybe one of their darker days right after diagnosis or after chemotherapy, but then be able to then turn to another um, artwork that represents something very positive and something very uplifting. I think that is just so impactful. Absolutely. I had even just someone today say how they noticed that just within the past few weeks that they've been able to sit with their emotions more and that before they, you know, if they would have felt something difficult, they would have just kind of shoved it away and not been able to deal with it. And so it's really neat to see progress, not only because it translates, you know, it's not just one thing, you know, things that you can apply in art can also be applied into life. So if you're learning how to, to lose control in your art, so to not need control in your artwork, then it also translate to being able to cope with not have, you know, that loss of control, for instance, with the pandemic, you know, we've had a lot of things that are not in our control. And same with the cancer journey, there's a lot that is not in your control, or things that you did not necessarily choose to bring upon yourself. And so it not only helps you kind of learn different coping skills, but also gives you the opportunity to reflect so that you know how to move forward. I discuss that loss of control almost at every cancer consult. Um, I'm a very type A person. I always like to have a plan and everything put into a box and, you know, one step at a time. And a lot of patients are like that. And we address the fact that a lot of this was out of their control. And how can they kind of regain some control in their path, in their journey? And what can they do to kind of put themselves back in the driver's seat? So just as you mentioned, even transferring over to art therapy, that's uh, very important for part of their treatment course. I did want to touch on real quickly that you mentioned that the program is offered to anyone touched by cancer, but I know more than 60% of those who attend are women diagnosed with breast cancer. Do you think there's any reason as to why those are the ones choosing art therapy the most? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I have a theory, but uh, I haven't put it to the test. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of my main reasons I think it is, is because one, women are more open to um, going to therapy in the first place. And, and in addition, 
art therapy. So one, I think that, that women are more open to it than men. Um, and then with, with women, breast cancer is very common. So I think that tends to be kind of the round that it goes, but I have had men join our programs and enjoy it. And, you know, I, I just want to make sure that that's established, that that's something that is, you know, open regardless of your sex. Absolutely. And I think with women, you know, they enjoy the camaraderie, they enjoy partnership, they enjoy talking, we all like to talk, all women like to talk. And um, so when you have those that can kind of go through the journey with you, and then do something that's interesting and interactive, you know, they're going to kind of migrate to that. Um, Almost all of my ladies talk about joining a Facebook blog or joining an online chat or things of that nature, hopefully joining the podcast. And I think there's probably a definitely a draw to them in regards to male versus female. And that's just how we're hardwired. Absolutely. I mean, even psychologically, women bond with other people by sharing. So that alone, you know, creates that environment. Absolutely. So you did mention that all the classes are are free and are they all virtual right now? I have moved our individual sessions um, optional to either virtual or in-person in my office. Um, and I'm kind of leaving that up to the, you know, the person and what they feel comfortable with. Okay. Well, you've shared just some amazing information. And like I said, we're so lucky to have you within the community and all of the resources. Um, are there any other messages you'd like to share during the podcast? One, I just want to say I'm, I'm grateful for this podcast. I think it's a great way to um, educate and learn and also to, for people to know that they're not alone. Um, I know myself, I've really been investing more in podcasts ever since the pandemic happened. Every time I go for a walk, I'm listening to a podcast. So this is a wonderful resource. And also, I am planning on putting together a summer camp for families touched by cancer. And this includes children that are school age, adults, friends, family survivors, all of the above. So um, stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, that would be great. I know you mentioned earlier how to reach out to you, but if you don't want to, I'm sorry, if you would like to give us that information again, because especially with the summer camp, um, you know, we have so many young ladies that are diagnosed with younger children or those with spouses. And for all family members, it's just such an amazing resource. Absolutely. One of the things I love the most about it is that it makes you, it normalizes things. You know, you get to see all these other people that are also touched by cancer and, and we get to share this space of just enjoying each other's company. And um, so the way that you can uh, stay tuned for more information or to reach out to me, uh, go to carmanos.org slash Flint Art Therapy. Well, Erin, thank you so much for joining me today and letting our listeners know about this valuable program. It's ex- been extremely insightful for myself and I'm hopefully, hopeful hopefully for the listeners as well. And thank you everyone for listening to the Breast of Everything podcast. I am Dr. Asher Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care. And don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about, please, we welcome your suggestions. You can send them to compbreastcare.com and that's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. Thanks. You've been listening to the Breast of Everything podcast with your host and board-certified breast surgeon, Dr. Ashley Richardson of Comprehensive Breast Care. If you have a subject you would like the surgeons to discuss, please email your suggestions online at compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. The doctors want to hear from you. The views, thoughts, and opinions shared in this podcast are intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be substituted for medical advice, treatment, or care from your physician or healthcare provider. 
Always consult your healthcare provider first.